0: This is A Drink with a Friend. I'm Tish Oxenreiter. And I'm Seth Haynes. Seth, what are you drinking this afternoon?
1: Well, it is a somewhat dreary Arkansas day. And on somewhat dreary Arkansas days where I haven't slept well or when I'm overworked or when I haven't slept well and I'm overworked, which tends to be the case right now, I drink a lot of coffee. So I am drinking, as you can probably imagine, really crappy Keurig coffee because I'm in my office. And um, it, it, I, I will say this, it, it gets the job done. That's the whole point of today's drink. I didn't go down yeah. to the little cafe below me and get a nice cup of coffee. Didn't get an oat milk latte. I didn't get a croissant with some butter and a nice tea. I just got fuel. Mm-hmm. I just got plain old waking fuel, caffeine. So that's what I'm drinking yeah. and it sucks. But you know what? It is it's, it is what it is.
0: No, we've all been there. I think the listeners can relate, especially right now, this time of year. There's something about a lot of the busyness happening. So,
1: yeah. yep. Yeah. And thankfully, we're getting into a season. We'll come to a season pretty soon where it's a slowdown season. Right. But we are not there yet. We have another right now at least not. one month of a push.
0: That's right. That's so right. So let's push.
1: Let's push. <laughs> yeah. Tish, what are you drinking today?
0: Um, I am drinking turmeric tea, which sounds, I mean, it mm. is healthy. And it sounds like the primary reason one would drink it is to be healthy. And I yes. admit that that was like my main motivation to get the box at the store a few weeks ago. But now I actually just like it. It kind of has a fall like flavor, Ooh. but it's also good for you. It's good for like, I don't know, things, health things. Um I don't know, even know inflammation.
1: Um, is inflammation. What they say.
0: Thank you. I was like, it's not water retention. It's not infections. What's that word? It's
1: inflammation. It's inflammation. Thank yeah, you. And I, I know this yeah. because um, Amber drinks this mm-hmm. quite regularly. She'll put um, powdered turmeric in uh, maybe milk or almond, maybe almond milk. Yeah, with a little bit of cinnamon and a touch of maple syrup, and she drinks this as her fall drink.
0: It's really good, and I've had. Um, some tendinitis happening in my shoulder lately. Like I think overwork in the same, I mean, I'm not going to bore listeners, but shoulder hurts. So turmeric tea it is because that's what happens. I mean, what if
1: you, what if I'm asking you to bore me? Because I've had tendonitis too, but in my right elbow, what, Where do you, what's your tendonitis from?
0: (laughs) If it's from your right elbow, are you right-handed? Yes. Okay. The doc said it's repetitive motion over and over again. So probably writing. (laughs)
1: Great. Oh,
0: <laughs> so, shocker! yeah. Shocker. Yeah. He was like, can you do that text to type thing? And I was like, absolutely not. No, that is not how I work. So um, from what I've heard is you just have to do some counter therapy, you know, like some exercises that apparently my nurse mother in law says you can just find on YouTube. So I just need to look them up and start doing very specific right handed, right elbowed, right shouldered exercises to work out the kinks.
1: Okay. I, I, I know what I did. Mine was overused too, but it wasn't from writing. It's from exercise and being an idiot, generally being an idiot, which, um, (laughs) you know, that's that's probably something that characterizes my life.
0: Well, no, idiocy is, is common to all of us. And (laughs) Yeah, that, that what, is more or less what's happened to me too. It's just poor form in writing, either way.
1: Poor form. <laughs> poor form-tish.
0: It is. So yeah, uh, you alluded to this, this idea of kind of a busy season. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us feel that in October, it's kind of a mixed, uh, we love fall and we also all feel overwhelmed by fall. And so I like the topic today, which is kind of embracing the seasons, but not just in this like, way that people like to talk about, like, you know, leaning into the rhythms. Yes, that's good. But more like how we create and consume as people. So we all like art, we all consume stuff regularly. So I don't know, it'd be fun to talk about the art that's making our life better right now, specifically related to fall. What do you think?
1: I love it. I think that's great.
0: Yeah. Uh, We've talked before about how art is seasonal. And by the way, I think we should preface this. When we say art, we don't necessarily mean one particular medium, like the visual paintings you would see at a hoity-toity museum. We're also talking about uh, music. We're talking about movies, things like that. In particular, we're going to talk about three different types of art now. But um, Seth, why don't you start us off telling us why Maybe I should say what do you think makes art fallish or autumnish
1: Um you know for me this season is more it's more of a mood situation and so I it's not a color palette necessarily um although I, I might undercut that in just a second it's not like a tonal quality either um although I also might undercut that in just a second um <laughs> It's it's more of a mood, right? And so yeah. art that speaks to a certain mood. So I am uh I feel the seasons. In fact, you know, we've had such a long summer that just last week I told Amber it was like 90 degrees and sunny here in Arkansas and I told Amber, "I think I'm suffering from seasonal affective disorder." And she laughed and she said, "You know that's not how that works, right?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> it is how that works. It is sunny and 95 and I am sad." Yeah. Um so I think for me like the the summer is marked by sort of a carefree sort of explorative uh spirit. Um the the fall is kind of a turn into introspection and sort of a more melancholy season mm-hmm. um which is extended through the winter. Uh, no surprise. Um which I'm actually more at home in that space. So mm-hmm. I, that doesn't make me feel sad or like I have seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. Um, right. And then the spring is just green. I have no other way to explain it but green. So we're moving into that sort of melancholy, introspective space. And so I have probably sort of begun to trend in that direction. I've dusted off the old typhoon. I'm listening to amazing music uh, that is very moody. And um, yeah, it's just kind of that, that season for me. That's what makes fall art fall art is... It has a little it has a little bit of melancholy spice to it.
0: Mhm. Mhm.
1: I don't know, yeah. what about you? What makes fall art fall art for you?
0: I think you said it well. Um for me it's inward versus outward. I think spring and summer feel outward and winter and fall feel inward to me. So, uh, it might be a little moody. Maybe fall is not quite as moody for me as it would be in the winter. Um but it still has a little bit of that reflectiveness. I also think a little bit more about the hominess, like I like to be home a little bit more. And so it feels a bit like the music that you would play over dinner, or when company is coming kind mm. of that feel the the tell me a good story kind of background sound to me. So I'm with you there. I do weirdly associate some stuff with color though. You know, I don't have that synesthesia thing where like you, you hear a letter and you associate it with a color or a number or something, you know, if you've ever heard of that, I don't straight up do that, but I will hear a song and it sounds kind of orange or blue to me. Um, And so I guess I tend to associate certain musicians with autumn based on the color palette a little bit, but it's mostly the mood, like the, the vibe it sends out.
1: Have you ever heard Miles Davis's album, Kind of Blue? Yeah, and it's blue. Is it? <laughs> it is. Is it for you? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's going yeah, yeah, to yeah. be weird if you're like, yeah, that's a very orange album.
0: Right, right. <laughs> no, I love that one. That's a good one. It's a good um, one. But it's not fall for me, kind of for that reason, I think. So I don't know. Huh.
1: Okay. weird. All right.
0: Well, yeah. since since we're already talking about music a little bit, why don't you uh start us off tell us a musician that feels very fall to you.
1: Yeah, so there's there's really no new music, although I did just discover um that The Black Keys put out an on album this year. Did you know this?
0: No. I didn't. I feel
1: like COVID has robbed me of everything that is great. Like I don't yeah. keep up with anything anymore, and I blame it all on COVID. Um, but we listened to it and it, it feels kind of folly. It's kind of got that, that grindy bluesy, um, vibe Mm -hmm. to it. It's it's very black keys, but, Mm -hmm. um, so it's not really, this is what the music that I'm going to talk about is not really new music, but I have done the deep dive again back into Typhoon, which as you know, I mean, their last album may, well, I don't know if they actually released one in COVID. They released an EP or or maybe a couple of songs but um their last album offerings that i'm aware of is amazing and mm-hmm. to me offerings is the kind of of music that is very indicative of fall and maybe it's hmm. because i was listening to it a lot in fall in fact um i was writing my last book i think during the fall i think i was kind of wrapping it up during the fall and 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 typhoon was on heavy repeat hmm. um, and the the entire album is taken as a story um, and it 's the story of a man who is falling into or falling towards death um, through uh, the dementia or alzheimer 's hmm. um, and the story is heartbreaking and it ends with this amazing crescendo at the very end of the album where he sort of Walks into a bar and everyone knows his name and and the bar is is the afterlife, mm-hmm. um, and they just all kind of sing. You know, essentially, we've we've been waiting, we've been waiting for you, uh, like welcome wow. home. Um, I get chills even just talking about it. It is such a good album, and and and, and because of that album, I then bounced to um, Damian Rice's last album, uh, My Favorite Faded Fantasy. Have you listened to that it's album? Like-
0: Yeah, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, the next to the last track on that album. And when you take that album as a story um, and you compare it with his first album, which was kind of about falling in love with Lisa Hannigan, and then you compare it to his second album, which was kind of like she did this thing and we broke up and now I hate Lisa Hannigan. And then when you compare it to the third album and he's saying like, I forgive everything. Like I've, I've chosen sobriety, I've chosen forgiveness, Everything's good, and then he has that that song. Um, It's the next to the last track on the album that says, "Come however you are, just Mm -hmm. just come, come to forgiveness." Um, It is such a beautiful song, and so I've been listening to those two albums a lot. Nice. Uh, They're very fall to me.
0: I I knew I I knew I loved that Typhoon album. I didn't know the story behind it though. That makes it so much better.
1: Oh man, and it was already great. Yeah, go yeah, back and listen yeah, what, to it with, with the story in mind. Mm-hmm. And you get to see the frustration of the wife. Um, it, it's really the interplay of a husband and a wife together. And so you get to see mm. the degradation of the husband and his memory. You get to see the frustration of his wife. You get to see um, sort of the romantic tensions. Um, and then it sort of culminates in this beautiful death scene. Um, and it's just so perfectly fall.
0: Nice. Nice. All yeah. right. I will so, take a listen to it.
1: Yeah. So what music to you is fall?
0: I had a hard time picking this because there's a lot of great fall music that I like. Like a lot of these like indie solo artists that I like have a fallness to me. Um, so I picked one that I don't really talk about much on anywhere, and that's Andrew Bell. I like Andrew Bell a lot because he is highly listenable, I guess is a good way to put it. I can put him on in the background and cook dinner And my kids won't complain. (laughs) Um, Everybody in our family can listen to him. He's very, I don't want to say mellow because it's not mellow. He's got a pep to his music, but it's not a pep that, um, you know, I've got a kid who's got a lot of sensory sensitivities. And so we can't listen to a lot of wild music without it stressing him out. Yeah. Um, And so this is, it's a good mood setter. So it kind of feels like coming home. Mm. My album of his that I really like the most is from 2013 called Black Bear. But he did just release one in 2021. And I've listened to it a few times and I like it. All right. I don't know the story behind it. In fact, I'm, I can't quite tell if there is a thread mm. other than just it's maybe a collection of songs that he wrote during quarantine or something related to that. But it's a 10 song EP um, really liking it. I like uh spectrum probably is my favorite song on the album. the third track and it's called the the entire EP is called um Nightshade. So I'll put cool. a link in the show notes but I like it. um Andrew Bell's probably not like my all-time favorite um, fall artist, but he is one that I like to have on repeat. so
1: I gotta be honest, I do not know uh, Andrew Bell. Don't know him. okay.
0: great well. He's a good he's a good dude. I like his stuff. Um I think you might like it. It's it's a little brighter than Typhoon and it's a little peppier than Damien Rice, But okay. it's in the okay. same flavor, flavor profile.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, uh I did find out by the way that Typhoon did release an album this year huh. that I have not cool. listened to. I've only listened to one track on the entire thing.
0: Well, what a treat. We've both got some. So there we go. I got some new hey.
1: some new fall music.
0: Hey guys, a quick break from our chat to tell you about a little tool I've been using the past year or so that has been a game changer for me. And I think you'll like it too. It's called Hallow and it's a prayer and meditation app that is chock full of great resources to help me pray better and meditate more deeply. It has audio guided ancient prayers, Bible readings, follow along guides for things like lectio divina, examine, night prayer, some seasonal music, optional background ambient noise and more. And the thing is it's really high quality. I know sometimes stuff like this is either poorly produced or kind of cheesy. And hallow is neither of those things. And I have a super high kind of snobbish standard in that department, believe me. So some of what's on hallow is intentionally really short, which is nice when we're talking a minute long for those quick breaks you need in the middle of a workday. Some of it is for when you can't sleep and you need to quiet your mind. Some of it is great for while you're sitting in traffic or going on a walk. They've also got Things like gospel readings from Jonathan Rumi, the actor who plays Jesus in the Chosen series, homilies from Bishop Robert Barron and Father Mike Schmitz, who are two of my favorites. And Hallow. like I said, it has a really slick interface. It's super easy to use, and they're always adding more features and resources without making it overwhelming. I first started Hallow back with a 30-day trial and I loved it so much. I not only upgraded to an annual subscription, I went with a family plan so that my entire household can use it too. It's especially great for teens who struggle with anxiety. So if you're looking for a meditation resource, but you want it faith-based, Hallow is the way to go. And I am so thrilled to tell you that they're giving you guys, the Drink with a Friend listeners, the opportunity to try them out with a 30-day trial as well. So you go to hallow.com slash drinks. That's H-A-L-L-O-W dot com slash drinks. And you can test drive the complete version of Hallow for free for 30 days. After that, you can go with the free version, which still has some great stuff on it, but there's a chance you'll be like me and want to keep the full version because it's so dadgum useful and life-giving. So again, that's hallow.com slash drinks for a free 30-day trial. Okay, back to our chat. that is music um how about we move into i don't know you want to do writers
1: you know you know you know what i'm going to pick as my fall writing selection do i yeah sure you do do. you've already gotten your copy and i still don't have mine
0: you know that's funny i was about to mention him but then i thought yes seth might mention him
1: (laughs) i'm so angry about it too so anthony Doerr has a new book uh cloud cuckoo land is that it yeah, is that the, the title? Yeah, yep. I so I've ordered. Uh, I ordered a copy. The listeners here know that I'm also a member of the Harvard First Editions Book Club. Um, and they are releasing a signed copy of that first edition. I have oh. received neither copy, neither copy. I'm so sorry. Um, and I don't, I'm not really super excited that I'm getting two copies, except for I'll read one and then I'll keep the signed one like super hidden away in a magic sure. box somewhere. Um but I but I'm super excited about it because to me his writing typifies uh fall. Again, yeah. it's just it's kind of got that mood to it, you know, it's it's very, he's a very introspective writer. Um he does amazing things with uh character development. Mm-hmm. Um his last book was terribly dark. Um, and terribly character driven and introspective and the characters that you wanted to hate all seem to have redeeming qualities, mm-hmm. um, except for maybe one, um, and the Russians, which of course we all know, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of joking to our Russian listeners out there. Right. Um, but anyway, um, so I'm really, I'm super excited about that book, um, mm-hmm. Coming and then so on the poetry uh, tip, I've been reading a lot of Gerard Manley Hopkins because again, that to me is fall. And I mentioned him a couple weeks ago. And then Amber and I um, were talking about book titles for our next book and that we're writing together. And um, I'm not going to tell you what the line is, but we are titling the book after a line in a Hopkins poem.
0: Nice. Oh, very cool. I love that.
1: So I've been reading a lot of Hopkins. So Hopkins and Door, that's my fall reading. What about you?
0: Those are good. Those are good. I will say that I've got The Door on my nightstand, and I've read only about 10 pages because I want to savor it and I want to wait. And I can't get to it yet, but so far, it's so good.
1: So Um, the 10 pages, are they wow?
0: They're just bonkers good. I mean, because it's so unexpected, he writes in the present tense again, which blows my mind because that's so freaking hard to do. And the plot is so weird. I love the plot already. It's so weird. You guys will both love it. It's nothing like all the light at all so far. Well, and all I'm right. kind
1: of excited about that because I, I want to see if he can sort of pull off the David Mitchell, you know, like, mm. can you do something that's so out of the ordinary that it sort of, sort of makes sure you makes sure you kind of cock your head and say, what? And, um, right. and the title is already doing that. So now yeah. if I could just get my freaking copy of it, I would be happy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you're in for a treat and I'm in for a treat. I'm going to save mine probably till the holidays just to fully really savor it.
1: And then we'll have to do um, a whole episode on it.
0: That would be so fun. I would love that for me, fall. this is a weird. I, I really hemmed and hot over this one because there were so many, again, I could pick from. I got to thinking about, though, like, what kind of reading I like to do in the fall. I read a lot of classics in the fall because it's the start of my school year where I teach and teach English. And so even though I teach that which I have already read, I still like to reread or at least skim. And so my brain is kind of full of lots of, you know, old stuff, I like to dip into some short stuff for fun, like off to the oh. side. And so for me, I'm going to recommend kind of a pendulum swing from what you recommended. And that is uh, Sherlock Holmes short stories. Oh, okay. So I think short stories are fantastic for the fall for a number of reasons. One of which is what we talked about at the top of the episode, people are just busy right now. Uh, there's a lot of going. There's a lot going on in our work and in our school schedules. That short stories are great because you can finish them in one sitting. Sometimes, yeah. Um, so if you are feeling like your brain is addled and you're going in a million different directions, a short story feels like checking the box, and you can put the book down and then move on to you know whatever it is you need to do. And so short story collections, I think, are underrated, undervalued. And if you're feeling like you're having a hard time finishing a novel or um, that you don't want to start something really big with the upcoming holiday season, perhaps do that. And I'm recommending Sherlock Holmes for a couple of reasons. One, he's very fall. Arthur Cronin Doyle's just moodiness and, um, you know, the London rain and the plaid and the pipes and the, the elbow patches and the fireplaces. That's just all fall, right? another reason is these stories are somewhat familiar. Like if you're, if you have ever seen an episode of Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch, or even just know the general idea of like the Hound of Baskervilles, you know, where we get a lot of these ideas. And so it's just kind of fun to read something that feels familiar. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so it's just, they're they're just fun escapism. I wouldn't call them like the greatest literature ever written, but they're easy to read for old. And so like, if there's, if this is one of those, like, this is a classic. I want to check off my list. It's a good one for that. So um, right now, there's actually a really good audiobook version of it. If you're into that, Stephen Fry mm-hmm. is a masterful reader, and he's got a collection on Audible of all, I think, all of the Sherlock Holmes stories, oh, wow. and he's great. So
1: there you go. Um, do you want to hear uh, the confession? Mm-hmm. And you're not a priest, so you can't absolve me. Right, no. But I've never read a single Sherlock Holmes short story.
0: You know what? No shame in that. That's all right.
1: I, I don't know why. I love Sherlock Holmes as an idea. Um yeah. Yeah. and I love Sherlock and I love the young Sherlock Holmes from when I was a kid. Right, and right. And I like the movies. So I don't know why I haven't. I just never have.
0: No, I get it. And you know what? I don't there is no shame in any of that game of of not having read classics in my mind. It's instead of looking at it like I can't believe you haven't read it before, it's what a treat you have, honestly. And I say that to everybody listening. So if you feel that like I'm a terrible person, I haven't read, fill in the blank. Not at all.
1: Do you know uh, the name Dan Taylor? Yeah. Also Daniel Taylor. He's a professor uh, of literature at Bethel University. He's also a novelist. And I exist, luckily, in some spaces with him. He's an older writer. He's so funny and precocious and just, it's the right word for him. Um And I happened to be in a room with him not too long ago. And I said, Hey, have you ever read, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. And he said, Nope, I haven't. And it was a classic. It's like one of these things that I don't even remember what it was, but it was one of these books that like Dan as a literature professor should have read you know, and Dan's in his seventies and he said, you know, I'm in my seventies and I used to play that game. If somebody said, have you ever read, I would, you know, make up an answer and lie and then go home and read it immediately. And he said, you know what, what I've just decided is that life is too short to read stuff that you just don't like. Um, And so if I pick it up and I've read two pages and I don't like it, I put it down. I quit. And I started that when Mm -hmm. I was 60 and I've never regretted it. And I thought that was such a wise answer. So he said, you know, if you're Around me, there's no shame in not having read, you know, any classic, any, as long as you're reading, there's no shame.
0: 100% agree. I mean, re- there's no reason to read what you don't want to read. Now, if there's a book that you've, you know, tried when you were 16 and you found it hard, you might want to try it again because sure. you might have matured as a reader. But I completely agree. There are some classics that I still don't understand, you know, why people love as much as they do. And I, I unashamedly have no problem with just saying, not for me.
1: Now I have yeah. that. It's called Great Expectations. I think it's the no. stupidest book ever written.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not my favorite of his at all. No. At all. It's not even it's close. Very wordy. Not
1: mm-hmm. even close.
0: All right. So, um, let's kind of wrap this up with a little bit of a visual artist uh category. I'm going really broad with this. Whatever you want. So, uh who's on your mind there for a fall artist?
1: Well, I'm going to actually talk about a visual artist that I have not I have not seen what I'm going to talk about, but I really want to. Okay. Um, and we were talking about it last night. We, uh, I was with uh, Amber and I were out at this piece of property and there was a photographer out there and we were doing family pictures and we were just kind of chatting it up because the sun was going down and the grass was long and the, the, the sun was hitting off the side of the mountain and into the field, into the grass and leaving these little... Just beautiful, you know, halos around everything. Um, It was very reminiscent of a Terrence Malick film. I literally felt like I was in a Terrence Malick film. That's good. Um, And so, when I think about Terrence Malick, and when I think about his work, it is so fall. It's introspective. It's moody. It's real. It's gritty. Um, And so. I think my fall sort of indulgence this year is going to be to actually spend some time with A Hidden Life, which I have not seen yet.
0: You are in for such a treat. <laughs> I keep saying that about everything that you're mentioning. Oh, it's such a good movie. It's really slow. Like That's fine. Don't watch it while you're sleepy. That's fine. But it's so good.
1: I mean, oh every shot of every Terrence Malik film is like just a ph- – you, you can literally – as a photographer, you can literally just pause – At any point and say, oh, that's better than any photograph I've ever taken. That frame. Uh He's Uh just that good.
0: He's bonkers. I don't know if you knew he's local to here. No, I um, didn't know that. Yes, he's from Austin. And so every now and then you'll see like hints of him, you know with some kind of well-known actor or whatever. But for the most part, he's just kind of this quirky artsy dude who likes what he likes and doesn't apologize for it. And you can see it in his work. He's got a lot of, um, I mean, a hidden life. We might need to do a whole episode of that one because just the sacramentality that drips from that story uh, is so just phenomenal. And, you know, his backstory of growing up Episcopal here in Austin and, um yeah, it's worth exploring and unpacking. That's cool.
1: Okay, well let's do it. Let's let's yeah. make that happen.
0: Let's do it. Yeah. All right. I own so, it. So I'm I'm happy to watch it again.
1: I love it. So tell me what is the visual artist that you are broad because mm-hmm. you're using this in a broad term. What's the broad yep. term, general artist, uh visual artist that you're uh really digging this fall?
0: All right, so the last one I've got is someone that um a friend of the show Haley Stewart, introduced me to. Her name is Grace Morbitzer, and she is a modern artist, and she does icons, so saints uh yeah, you know, basically saints of the church she she does their icons but in a modern style, I think she's, her style screams fall because it's it's colors that are totally. rich and vibrant, totally but warm. Mm hmm. Warm tones. Um, I think they're just fun. I mean, it's weird to call saints icons fun, but she does them in a modern style so that they are human to us. Yeah, she um, Haley got Tate whenever we were confirmed into the Catholic Church. She got Tate this uh, St. Joan of Arc icon mm. um, since that was Tate's confirmation saying that. I loved it cuz it's got the blue hair and I think the nose ring and the tattoo and the the saw, sour sullen teenager look, you know, staring straight at you. Um but I I love my confirmation saint is Monica and I love how she is portrayed as the African that she is and um I don't know, she's just it's just fun icon. So um yeah, that's who I'm picking.
1: I love Grace Morebitser and I love the modern saints. Um We have many, many in our house. In fact, in my office right now, I have the Ignatius, which is this dude sort of hunched over a desk writing. um, Uh Which is was not my patron saint, but uh, for confirmation, but is kind of a a stand-in, maybe. Yeah, um, a standby. Um, We have hanging in the house the Mary Magdalene, which is really amazing. I bought my friend John Blaze. St. John, which is my is my favorite one. Um, St. John the Apostle, he has a yes, cigarette. I saw that one hanging yep. out of the side of his mouth, and it's yep, very 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 John Blaze. And I, it's imagine <laughs> I imagine it's very John also. And what's really fascinating, um, I want to riff on the John for a minute. What's really yeah. fascinating, I don't know. I think you're the one that recommended that we watch The Chosen.
0: Mm-hmm, it's probably me mm-hmm.
1: a long time ago, and we didn't make it all the way through. We we watched through maybe the first season um you know growing up i always saw john as sort of i mean i knew he's a mystic but i always kind of saw him as this sort of like softer character maybe like this little boy almost um and the way that he's portrayed in both the chosen and the way that morbitzer portrays him in her visual art is like a lot grittier and so it'd be really interesting to have a conversation with her and say hey look what why did you why did you make this choice for John um, uh-huh. as a visual artist? I'd love to hear some of the 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 notion behind the John.
0: I would love to hear why she made some of the choices she made. Maybe we can have her on the show.
1: We should try. Um,
0: that would be fun. Kyle's confirmation scene is St. Joseph, the worker. And uh he's wearing a carpenter shirt, like the yeah. band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that I just legit laughed because that was so unexpected. I yeah.
1: Yeah, and the the Francis has, is it tattoos of snakes or something? Mm-hmm, tattoos mm-hmm. of like wildlife on him. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, like everything has, has they have these little hidden gems. Yeah. Um, and they're yeah. great.
0: I love it. So, yeah, we'll put a link uh, to her work because um, I want to like collect all 60 or however many she has. I want to just a wall of them. They're really yeah. cool.
1: They're amazing. They're amazing. Right. I second yeah. that. Everyone should get 17 of them.
0: Okay. Well, so um, let me think about how to wrap this up. Okay. So next time we're going to have a chat. We just talked about artists that we're loving for the fall. But really and truly, we all make art in our own way through our lives. So next time we're going to talk about how we create. And we're not just talking about writing. We're talking about um all sorts of ways we make our lives more artful, in particular in the fall. So you can find this episode as well as all episodes, including the next one at adrinkwithafriend.com. If you like what we're doing here, you can help keep it going by picking up the next round of drinks. As always, the show is free for you to listen to, but it's not free for us to make. So at the cost of a cup of coffee or a pint, you can play a big part. You can find the link to do this in the show notes of this episode or at adrinkwithafriend.com. And thank you so much in advance. You can find me and how to connect with me, especially via my newsletter at tishoxenrider.com. Seth, where can people find you?
1: They can find me at SethHaines.com.
0: Music for the show is by Kevin McLeod, and editing is by Kyle Oxenrider. I'm Tish Oxenrider with Seth Haines, and we will be back here with you soon. Thanks for listening.